0: Hey everybody, it's Sam from Pro Wrestling Overtime, and you know how I am. I give you guys a lot of content when I get fed up, or something catches my eye that I absolutely need to talk about, such as the one short episode I did right before this about Hard Times 2, um the Mickey James and Kira Hogan match. I thought I would stay out of this, but I really think that I need to get down my feelings on it, what I think about it. And of course I'm talking about what some of you refer to as the New Year's Eve, New Year's Day argument, incident, whatever you guys want to talk about. Um, I watched New Year's Eve Smash. I had heard, knew the spoilers for it, but there were a couple, well, one match that I definitely wanted to see and celebrated my New Year's Eve ringing in 2022. And then later in the morning, as I was still up, I saw that many of you were also still up, and maybe, um, shouldn't have been trying to text about this particular subject. For those of you who who follow me on Twitter, uh, Pro Wrestling Overtime, I'm at Pro Overtime, two O's Pro Overtime, I mostly retweeted both sides. I didn't know enough at the time about how I wanted to approach it. Didn't want to get into an argument where on Twitter with you only having 140 characters, a lot of times People misread what you want to say, or they project a tone on you that you didn't mean it in. Or I always love when somebody comes in, you've had a back and forth with this particular person four or five times, and somebody comes in in the middle of it and says, I can't believe you said that. Well, if you would go back and read the conversation, they didn't, they were finishing a thought or a sentence even. I've seen people do that. I saw a lot of, oh, I didn't know that, going on in the early morning hours of New Year's uh, Day. I also saw a lot of people apologizing. I saw a lot of people deleting things, and then I saw quite a few people jumping on bandwagons, even though they may have not known what was actually going on, and of course, by now, I'm sure you guys have figured out, that I'm talking about Big Swole's comments about AEW. And then Tony Khan's reaction comment to Big Swole. A lot of people were, that I saw, saying Tony Khan should have said all of that in private. He didn't need to be tweeting. That's the worst tweet I've ever seen. Well, I think you need to break down the tweet. I think Tony Khan is young enough to know that in 140 characters, you can't really get a true statement out. A lot of people said his publicist failed him. Um, But I think most people don't realize that Big Swole's statement was broken into different parts, and... Tony, instead of writing a longer statement where he could have paragraphs directing each statement that Big made and putting his comments on it, and then taking a screenshot and tweeting that, he decided to try to get it down into 140 characters. And I think that is where his misstep is. But if you're going to say Tony Khan should not have retweeted back at Big Swole, should you also not say Big Swole should have not said those comments. Because she said later, she told them all of it in the exit interview. AEW already knew how she felt. Now, I don't want to make an assumption. I don't know if AEW told her how... They also felt, I have no idea, but Bixwell didn't mention that. So, if she told it to AEW in an exit interview, why did she need to tweet it out to the world? Especially, why on New Year's Eve, when she had left the company on November 30th, I think it, it does a real disservice for us to automatically jump on one side or another. And I found a lot of this going down AEW or WWE lines. And I found... That both sides on Twitter, in podcasts, in articles, in newsletters, became racist to each other, which I didn't really understand. So, what I want to do, kind of in this episode, is talk a little bit, I guess, and go back and forth, and really dig into what is going on, because I think there's a lot of people out there that took... Big Swole's comments at face value. But because of Tony's last sentence, Tony Khan's comment on Twitter, his last sentence, which was dealing with something that Swole also said, um, that they assumed Tony Khan was attacking Big Swole. Now, maybe he was, maybe he wasn't. But do you not think that Tony Cole felt that Big Cole was attacking, or Big Swole was attacking him? And I think that's where we need to go. I want to explain to to all of you guys That you need to go back and actually read the comments from the participants yourself. See, I can agree with you. If some of you felt Big Swole was disrespectful. I saw that. I can agree with that. I can also agree with you if you want to say Tony Khan was disrespectful to Big Swole. I'm not going to argue that point. Do I feel Tony Khan was being racist? No. No, I don't. Disrespectful, yes. Racist? No. Do I think Big Swole was racist? No. And I guess I'm getting tired of seeing it in our society. And seeing it on our TV. And now I'm just kind of bent and almost sad that it came to my wrestling. I thought wrestling was a place that I could go, and it was about characters, and it was about your wrestling ability, and your acting ability, and how you could sell, and how you could do facials, and your moveset, and your transitions, and different kinds of styles that you learn throughout your years. I didn't know it was about race. Was it about race when I was growing up? Yeah. And I have went back and watched some old matches that people have asked me to watch or told me to watch. Hey, this is a good match. You got to watch it. And did they perform in a racist way? Yes. But I think we've got to step back. And realize, pro wrestling is about entertaining us and making us feel. The heel is supposed to make us angry. Supposed to upset us. We're supposed to boo them, root against them. The baby face is supposed to Triumph. It's supposed to give us something to believe in, supposed to be hopeful, and I think sometimes we forget that. And so, like I said, let's get into talking about several of the things that I saw pop up on Twitter. Um, let's just start off. Let's talk about who Big Swole is. Big Swole is 32 years old. She, if you don't know, is married to Cedric Alexander of the WWE. Um, The Hurt Business, he's been part of it, and then they disbanded, and then they kind of teased it coming back, and who knows? With Sheldon Benjamin. And people. I saw them write. Well she should know about the WWE. Way they do things. And how they handle things. Because of Cedric. And so I got to thinking on that. And I thought. Why would people bring that up? Well when you go back to Big Swole Statement. She talks about how her little daughter didn't really want to watch WWE unless her daddy was on. And when he wasn't on as much, she questioned to her her mother, "Why aren't people like me on TV?" Now see, I think that's extremely Sad that a little girl, who I don't know how old she is, sees it as people like her. Because I bet there are people like her on WWE or AEW that are happy, that are positive, that... Good things come to them. And when the bad people do things, then you can point out, look, they're doing bad things. Don't you do them. But then Swell went on and talked about how then she continued to watch the WWE and she saw Big E and Bianca Belair come on our screen, and they became her heroes, so I was like, oh, 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 people have saw that part of the comment, and have said, Big Swole knows about it, because Cedric's over there, and they watch it on TV, well, you know, Big Swole was also part of the WWE, that's how her and Cedric met. You guys know that, right? You know that she debuted in 2015, and that by 2016, she was in the WWE. Um, I think, please correct me if I'm wrong, but I think her first match on TV was against Nia Jax, and Nia Jax defeated her. She um, kind of went through the WWE system, how it was back then as far as NXT, and then getting called up to, like, Raw for maybe a dark match or a squash match, for them to meet her, to talk to her, things like that. And then the very first Mae Young Classic, she lost in the first round. But she was actually with WWE, from 2016 to 2018, and like I said, that's when her and Cedric met, um, then she kind of went off on the independent circuit, um, uh, it is my understanding that, uh I believe she was on, um, one of the, um, uh, Japanese trips where some American wrestlers went over and learned, had matches, and trained and different things with some Japanese women wrestlers. And then we saw her in AEW at All Out in August 2019. She was hired on uh, later that year, I want to say in October. 2019, and then she was with them up until November 30th, 2021, and I think a lot of people just remember recent, but I think if you go back and you watch anything from 2019 that AEW did, or especially 2020, you'll see that Big Swole was actually featured, there was, I want to say, a six-month, or six-month, I'm crazy, six-week program um, between her and Dr. Brett Baker, where um, Big Swole, I think the comment through the match, was, or building up to the match, was Big Swole telling Brett Baker that she was going to kick her teeth in, and, you know, Britt saying, you know, I, I can fix it, I'm a dentist, blah, blah, blah. They were building Britt Baker's character as a heel mm-hmm. then. The accumulation of that program was the dentist office match that I think so, so, some of you probably saw in one of the pay-per-views where they went through Britt Baker's um, dentist's office uh, doing numerous stunts and um, different moves of such as jumping off the dentist's chair. And, and it ended with Britt Baker giving uh, Bixwell a shot and was going to drill, I believe, Uh, into her teeth, or into her mouth, or something, Um, she got knocked out of the way, and drilled into the chair, I think, if I'm remembering this correctly, and then they had to get Brett Baker out of there, and Rebel, of course, was the one that did that, so during the pandemic, which pretty much started for wrestling last week of February, first week of March of 2020, Um, Big Swole wasn't seen as much. She has Crohn's disease. She has been outspoken about that, the help that people need when they have that, Um, she mentioned throughout 2020 when people would ask her, she talked about how good AEW was to her to give her the time off. Um, she came back in 2021 and had some matches on Dark and Elevation. They gave her any time off that was needed to deal with her Crohn's or when anyone in her family got sick. So, then when you look at her statement, you see that she talks about representation, diversity, and then you see her say, AEW is a wonderful company that has treated me like family. And any AEW show, any AEW TV show, any AEW uh, media scrum or anything like that, or when you talk to any of the wrestlers or people backstage um, that had high praise for Big Swole, Uh, she was nicknamed Mama Swole, and they did treat her like family, I mean, no one I don't think really had any big deals with her or anything or that I ever heard so I was extremely I guess to read the next sentence when she started talking about representation and how she didn't see representation at the top that was like her and then understood what she would go through and that could write like her and that some people wouldn't work in AEW because they couldn't write or they were introverts that could not put forth their thoughts, could not do pitches, and that is kind of the requirement of getting a push in AEW, is having an idea. So it started to sound like to me that she had to rely on others to pitch with her Or to pitch for her, saying, I I would like to go up against Big Swole. Or for someone that would be in that meeting to say, I think Big Swole would be the opponent for you. And that's true. That's how AEW was presented from the get-go. Before they were even a company, you heard the Young Bucks and Cody saying, we're not going to have writers. We're going to have the wrestlers pitch storylines. And they're going to have long-term storytelling. They're going to have short-term storytelling. And they're going to touch base with these long-term storylines that they're going to have. So, I'm not sure what Big Soul was expecting in AEW. I'm a fan. Um, Now I have a podcast, but I'm not Big Soul. But even I understood you were going to have to step up and think of things. You were going to have to push yourself. You were going to have to get authentic. And be comfortable in the mic. But also be comfortable in the ring. And I think she struggled a little bit with that. Through her own remarks that she's made. But also remarks that others I have made. So then I have been brought in to this group of podcasters. And we kind of kick around ideas. Uh, we share each other's. when we're going to be on Twitter chats um, or Twitter spaces, I should say. Or if we're going to go on a Spotify green room. Something like that. Um, if one of us is working on an article or a newsletter or whatever. We may share it or we may share the topic of it and say hey give me the other side of this or whatever. So I've, I've really been lucky to have met um, Marie Shadows through Twitter and... I have listened some to her podcast, which is the Squared Circle podcast. I used to listen to Squared Circle, what was it, Psycho Bible, and Squared Circle Journey or Journal, um, but she is the Squared Circle podcast. <clears throat> she has some very interesting opinions and takes on different things, and um, I enjoy listening to her. But when I received her newsletter, I haven't listened to the podcast concerning this yet. And I apologize to her if she is listening to this. I will be, it's on my list to do this week. But um, when I saw it in her newsletter, I think I was confused. She is, Marie Shadows is a very good researcher. She um, usually is right on point as far as her research. But the other day, when I got her newsletter, it said that Tony Khan tried to list SHIELDS as a comeback to Big Swole. Because Big Swall was attacking him. I don't think she used the word attacking. Um, I can't think of the word she used at this time. And I apologize for that also. But I don't feel that that's what Tony Khan meant. I think he was stating points. And that if you knew anything about AEW and went at the product in an even manner or in a marked manner, then you would know it already. And so I think when Big Swole said, there's no one like me making decisions, I think Tony Khan was a little offended by that. See, Tony Khan's 39 years old, and he comes from Pakistani heritage. Uh, it is my understanding that he still has um, uncles, cousins, stuff like that in Pakistan. Now, it is the fact that his dad is a billionaire and that Tony has money of his own which a lot of people don't seem to want to believe. But you've got to understand, Tony actually owns true media networks. Now, those of you who are in sports recognize that probably immediately. Those of you who are pro wrestling fans Casual or hardcore, probably don't know about it. You think Tony was this big nerd and geek that played with his wrestling figures and did his own booking, then, and his daddy bought him a wrestling company, and he's playing with it. Well, see, no, um, Tony's dad, Shad, um, bought the Jacksonville Jaguars, which... Tony is also a co-owner of, they also own Fulham FC, which is over in England, it's a soccer team, I am actually betting on them today, Um, and then Tony wanted to get AEW started up, but see, the, they just drop it there. Well, see, Tony also owns True Media Networks. It's an engineering company that he created that figures out sports analytics. You guys probably have heard the term moneyball in baseball. Well, Tony helped make that kind of a reality. His clients that by his research his formulas his algorithms um and rely on his data or espn all of the nfl 60% of major league baseball um the referee oh i can't think of their corporation right now but um they put data video and different things together for the referees to look at to see where they need to get better. He also owns the activist artist management and what that is is a company that if an artist such as a wrestler or a true artist as in a singer a dancer whoever can come into their company, and they talk to them about building their investments, building their future in a well-rounded approach. And like it says, activist, artists, it teaches them also how to budget, to take care of charities, foundations, to promote their causes, to do other things like that. So, Tony, being from a Pakistani background, his second-in-command, as he said, is also a woman of color. They have done many diversity, um, trying to think of the words that I want to use, they have made their company as diverse as they possibly can, and some of you are going to call me out on that, that may be true, I guess it depends on what you consider to be diverse, see, in the wrestling world, I think when wrestlers mean diverse, they mean Oh, you came from PWG, oh, you came from Big Time, oh, you came from House of Glory, you went through GCW, oh, you went through CZW, you went through Japan, oh, you went, you're a lucha, Um, a luchador, excuse me, from Mexico. That's what they mean, diversity, when you're talking to wrestlers. When you're talking business, usually they mean diverse as in men, women. Then they want to get into races and to go from there. Well, it seems to me that Tony Khan tried to cover that. And see, when I said the second woman in charge was a woman of color, no, that's not Brandy. It is his chief legal aide, and she is higher up than the executive vice presidents that you all know, Cody and, and Kenny Omega and the Bucks. But yes, Brandy was also hired as a woman of color of different descent, As were their wrestlers. And Tony Khan, I think, wanted to show that. That it just wasn't, you know, Leo Rush and Powerhouse Hobbs and Jay Lethal and Scorpio Sky and Big Swole herself and Jade Cargill, who is now a champion in AEW. Or just that particular representation because I got the feeling when Big Swole wrote she wasn't represented represented meant black did anyone else feel that way because when you think about it Japanese are really represented especially in the women's division but also we've seen uh ishi we've seen um well there are rumors that that uh okada and um Taganachi may be coming over um guys you're also seeing people like miro he's bulgarian you're seeing Angelico you're seeing Jack De- Jack Evans Pac you're seeing the Mexican influence of uh, the Lucha Brothers Ray Phoenix and Penta and Andrade they're trying to get the best wrestlers they can to tell great stories and entertain us, and I think they do
1: realize that it can't be all white, or all black, or all mixed, or all Mexican, or all Japanese, in order to be a great company and reach different people, they have to have wrestlers of not only different races or different ethnicities, but just different wrestlers. Different people that have different styles. And I found it really weird but uh, you know, named Big named Biggie and Bianca Bayer who, as he told her respect, props to both of them. They, they are unbelievable wrestlers and yeah. have unbelievable characters. But I guess, Big is around. Um... I think she was actually on the show when I was first time, where they, tagged, uh, they had the Tag Team Champions on it. And those first champion were Scorpion Sky. And that was a big deal then. But if she's talking about now... Scorpio is kind of still in the picture. Um, like I said, Joe probably just been the first ever TBS women's title. They're into telling stories. My friend, Mary um, Shaz, said next in her newsletter, AEW Women should have trained ...to be 12's aid. Why? Why should all women agree with all the women? Nah. Now, I realize they should support them, as in, are you okay? Would you like to build a lunch? Would you like to build a dinner? Or, just hearing them out. <laughs> agree with them I don't think women should automatically pet what women say about I definitely Squidward's guy, same thing, he's not afraid to pitch things. Red Velvet, not afraid to pitch things. So why would Red Velvet and Jade Carter get behind the toy? They're what she's saying, why would, um, Takani, Anna Jade, um, Baker, um, Jamie Hayter, whoever else, get behind this wall? They don't believe what she said. It doesn't mean they don't understand it. It doesn't mean they don't believe she has the right to say it. They're just saying they don't agree with
0: it. And I don't think anyone should have to come out, put out a statement that they don't believe in. Then Marie Shadow's next point was, everyone in AEW does multiple jobs, and this is against labor laws. First, I'd like to point out, there's a lot of companies that happens in. But the thing is, they have separate contracts, Murray. Did you check to see if AEW has separate contracts? Because, see, Cody Rhodes does. He has a contract as a talent, meaning a wrestler. But he also has a contract as a businessman. QT Marshall has, I think, a couple different contracts. He has a contract as a talent, as a wrestler, but he also has a separate contract based on his role backstage that he performs during the week. He also has a separate contract at the Nightmare Factory where he's a trainer slash coach. And I think where you got this was, I believe you heard Sean Dean talk about he's a wrestler, but they were also having him scout and tell them things about talent that's out there. If he's a true talent scout, then he'll have a separate contract. If he's someone that is scouting talent by going through the internet and saying, hey, I wrestled this guy one time a year ago. I saw him do a match here recently. He's pretty good. Why don't we come bring him in for dark? And then two weeks later, he says something different about a different guy. That's not being a talent scout. That's just saying, hey, I was watching wrestling at home and thought this guy was it. There's a difference. So I really, really doubt that AEW is breaking labor laws with that. Then Marie says, well, why did it take... Tony Khan so long to get into wrestling that this has been his lifelong love well if you listen to Tony Khan he um, he reminds me a little bit of how I was when I was younger he was in sports period whether it be pro wrestling, baseball, football, soccer whatever and he was into the stats of sports and, he, and that's one of the reasons why you see the one-loss records come up in AEW, because he got into that. I get into that. And he probably was graduating high school, going to college, and then, like, a lot of us trying to figure things out. I've got this degree. Now, what am I going to do with it? You know? And like I said... Because of numbers and analytics were his big thing, that's where he went. Then his dad put him as a talent evaluator for the full home soccer team. Learning to meet with guys, learning to talk to them, to present different options to them, to try to get them to come to the their club, to uh, be involved in their contracts. He was getting experience. He was learning how to spot talent, then talk to them, then negotiate with them, then sign them. I think Marie and a lot of other wrestling fans think that if you're a wrestling fan, you never should have dropped out. You never should have any other interests. And that's not necessarily true. Some of us have a wide variety of interests. And we want to kind of hit each piece of us. And I think Tony Khan was looking at not running a small promotion in Florida. That he would eventually grow. He wasn't going to be the leader of wrestling doing that, and he knew that. He had to wait for something to happen. It is my understanding that he talked to different promotions, though, which is your next thing. He should have probably talked to different promoters about how to get started. Well, he did. Because he talked to them about buying their promotions. And he decided not to buy into other people's problems. To start fresh. AEW was then created. And a lot of people want to say. Tony Condon pays dues. Depends on what you mean by paying dues. See the owner. Owner should say co-owner, the CEO, the founder, the president of a company doesn't pay their dues always by, you know, taking down the ring ropes, putting up the mats, putting out the chairs. Sometimes CEOs, owners, co-owners, presidents, founders, they learn how to do that in other sports. And like I said, Tony went to England and all over Europe performing those duties, the financials, talking to talent, Discussing analytics and all of that. And I think a lot of people discount that. People say, I I can't believe he thought he could book this promotion. Why? Why couldn't he? I mean, think about it. You say, well, he, he doesn't have any experience in it. How do you get experience by doing it and learning from others? And so a lot of people say, well, he never went anywhere else. Well, maybe he never learned any bad mistakes from anyone else. But you know the booker that was in a lot of meetings, then went into talent acquisitions and... Negotiating contracts for the WWE for 20, 30 years was. Yeah, that would be Jim Ross. I think Tony leaned a lot on Jim Ross. Tony Schiavone. But a lot of you are forgetting that he has Jerry Lynn backstage. He has Iron Anderson, Tolly Blanchard. See, you guys think, oh, they're wrestlers. No, a lot of those guys actually did financials and bookings and scouted talent and negotiated contracts also. If you don't believe me, look up Tolly Blanchard's history before coming to the NWA in his time in his home state of Texas and see what all he did that he can pass on. See, people say, Tony's getting WWE people. Yeah. You want to say, I can't believe he's got all these WWE people helping him. Well, what's the opposite of that? Somebody griping that he doesn't have experience doing it? What's going to make you happy? Either he gets experienced people to teach him, or he has to go learn it somewhere. You don't want either. So what are you saying? And then Marie Shadows says, She understands Big Swole felt like she did getting the same kind of dismissal from men. Now, I'm not going to touch Marie's feelings with a 10-foot pole. Her feelings are her feelings. And I definitely... Don't want to make her think I'm stepping into her situation. I can never wear her shoes. But don't project your feelings onto another person either. See, Tony Khan said, I let her contract run out because she wasn't that good. well, guys, let's be honest, she wasn't, and that's what people don't want to hear, whenever AEW lets somebody's contract run out, or WWE fires them, or, you know, New Japan Pro Wrestling fires them, or... Impact Wrestling lets them go, or Ring of Honor decides to go on a hiatus, whatever it is. People want to say, oh, they shouldn't have let them go. Why? Why? You guys get let go when you don't do your jobs, correct? There's probably a lot of you out there that have been fired. And you know what? I've been fired too. And let me let you in on the secret. At the time, I was pissed off and thought, well, they don't know what they're doing. Looking back on it, oh, yeah, they should have fired me. They probably should have fired me a lot sooner. I wasn't picking it up. And if the truth be told, I didn't even like the job to begin with. And I knew I wasn't going to stay there for long. I was just going to stay there maybe one, maybe two years longer. But I definitely wasn't staying past that. And if someone would have offered me um, a job that I liked better or for more money or whatever, I would, have, I would have left them. So why do we get so upset when the WWE says, look, things aren't working out? I, I think it's always weird To hear a wrestler griping about the promotion they're working in. And then when they get fired, they gripe that they shouldn't have been fired. Well, number one, you didn't like them. Number two, you didn't want to work for them. You were waiting your contract out. What's the big deal? Well, they'll come back. They said I wasn't good enough. You're not. Now, I know a lot of you will probably write me and say, it's the AEW's women's division. How good did she need to be? Well, I don't know, but I think you need to progress. And when you see Shadia, you see um, Serena Deeb come back from being a trainer and just pick up where she left off. You see how much better Britt Baker's mic work since turning a heel has gotten How much better her ring work has gotten quickly. Anna Jade is just 23 years old and did her first match on TV. Tay Conti, who, go back and look at some of her matches in WWE. Ooh, not fun to look at. But I'll tell you what, that banger she put on with Anna Jade against the Bunny, and uh, forward was absolutely unreal. They showed up and they showed out. Did they have some botches? Yeah. Some of them haven't been wrestling that long. They're working their butts off. And if you follow them, if you interview them, If you talk to people in and around AEW, they'll talk to you how much those women's champion or the women's division has been working. They really will. Thunder Rosa will tell you that. And you want to know how you know about stuff like that? See them when they go do a special event or they do something on the independent circuit and see how they compare to those ladies. And so I see all the time where they wanna say uh Riho. Um Te Conti is one that I always hear. Anna Jade, um, Chris Statlander. I always hear they're not as good as the WWE women. Um, no. No, they're probably not. Like I said, Anna Jade's been wrestling two and a half years. Who else on WWE's roster's been wrestling two and a half years? You probably have to go down into NXT or Someone that they've recently let go. Cora Jade is probably the closest that comes to her. And we've all saw her botches over the last six months. But see, people don't want to compare apples and oranges. Because if you do, then why don't you compare Big Swole to Bianca Belair? And I hear some of you backing up. Why are you backing up? Whoa, 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 come back here. Where are you going? Is Big Swole not as good as Bianca Belair? Why? They're the same age. Did you know that? Did you know they're both 32 years old? Do you know that they've both been wrestling about the same exact amount of time? Do you know that Big Swole started, like I told you earlier, in WWE? Had the same trainers, same other wrestlers that they went against? But guess what? Big Swole was let go. She came to AEW, a smaller startup promotion. Bianca stuck with WWE and is soaring. Oh, so you don't want to compare that. Well then, who do you want to compare Big Swole to? Give give me another name. Because that's the closest I could find. They're the same race. They're both women. They both came in around about the same time. They're the same age. They came into the same company. So, why can't, if she's going to hit AEW with a low blow, Something she already admitted, she said in private during an exit interview. Why did she have to say it publicly? And when Tony Khan comes back and says the same kind of disrespectful thing, I let her contract run out because she wasn't that good. He's stating a fact, guys. Why can't we say that anymore? A lot of people said, well, he should have been bigger about it. Obviously, she didn't want that out there. That's not what she announced in November 30th. Yeah, she also didn't announce that AEW had a diversity problem and a representation problem. You know what? If Big Swole doesn't make her comments on New Year's Eve, there's no response. AEW continues going on. It's not like Tony Khan had that comment that he was planning on posting. No, he just responded to Big Swole. Guys, you can disagree. That's fine with me. Like I said, you can reach me at pro Wrestling, ot, Um, You want to disagree with me and have a discussion? Sure. Um, hit me up on Twitter, pro-overtime, two O's. Um, my DMs are open. I'll be more than happy to discuss this with you. Guys... I just felt like I needed to get my two, th- two cents in. I didn't want to fight that night. I didn't want to argue. I didn't want to have a discussion. just wanted to read. And I don't want my wrestling to put a championship belt in any promotion, on someone because of their race. If you don't believe I've always stood for that, go back to last year. It's in the 40s, episode 40s of the first season. And I'm talking about how women's wrestling shouldn't be women's wrestling anymore. It should just be wrestling. Yes, there's some walls and some ceilings that probably not need knockdown. But you know what? Right now, it's kind of just wrestling. So, let's just call it wrestling. Call them wrestlers. And let's quit worrying about, has this race had a championship in the last month? somewhere in the United States, has this um, ethnicity had a championship somewhere in wrestling in the United States. Quit keeping track. Let's just enjoy it for the stories they give us. And when they're not giving us good stories, like they're still not... Yes, WWE Raw, I'm talking to you. Um, How about... We yell at them for that. Let's get the basics right. Like moves, transitions, characters, drawing heat, getting pops, having comebacks. How about we get the basics fixed? We worry about all this other garbage later. Like I said, guys, just my two cents. Feel free to write me or holler at me. You guys know that I don't care for you guys to talk to me and us have a discussion. Anyway, I'll be talking to you guys soon and hopefully I'll see you down the road.